You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode out of the blank podcast. We're knocking the rust off the wheels, my friend. And I'm here with Dean. Hello, everyone. See, you like that intro? I try my best to give like enthusiasm because how many people just say a name and then they're like, oh, it's Dean. It's like, stop. You're already ruining the interaction. Restart it. Let's do it all over again and say Dean because it's <laughs> it's so much like it just makes you more happy. Like I'll do it to a random person in the store. I'll be like, Jeff. And they're like, who the f- who is that guy yelling at? <laughs> like, my name's. Are you talking to me? I'm like, yeah, you. And he's like, my name's not even Jeff. I'm like, well, what's your name? They're like, Charles. I'm like, Charles. And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm your best friend. And they're like, what? I'm like, we went to that class together at cooking class in third grade. Remember? And they're like, I'm not even from around here. I'm like, oh, well, do you want to be my friend? And they're like, what? I'm like, I don't know. I'm lonely. <laughs> Yeah, please be friends, especially just now, right? Um, because human interaction is quite limited at the moment. So as soon as you get that slight bit of conversation with anyone, you want to kind of latch onto it. That's why I've noticed anyway. Well, think it through. How many people, like, I would say are your friends, but they don't really know you? Like, you ever hear someone just go, hey, like, um, I don't, sorry, I don't know you that well. It's like, well, how are we ever going to know each other if we don't even have a conversation or we don't have any interaction whatsoever? You're never going to meet new people in life. And I'm like, I feel like you should at least meet one new person every single day. I mean, that's not hard to do. It's not like you have to take them out to a nice fancy seafood dinner or something. You could take them to the fucking Olive Garden if you want. I don't really care. (laughs) But I feel like you need to at least have that common interaction because you learn more from talking to more people you know what i mean yeah definitely i mean like the more people that you talk to the more points of view that you see and stuff you know so like you learn something new every day if you talk to somebody new every day that's the way i feel anyway yeah well i mean you could study history books too much like yourself you know talking about history and things of that sort and when you talk to people you are getting a form of oral history you're getting information from somebody's life their heritage where they're from you know it's a whole Mm -hmm. different scenario that i'm like everybody's i don't i like i'm a good reader but i hate to read so i'm like everybody doing a podcast for me is like i'm hearing history books and stuff it started i used to do um i'm not gonna say i helped out at a homeless shelter not homeless shelter but like an old folks home um i didn't Mm -hmm. do that on my own accord i did it because it was mandated by school that you had to do volunteer hours at like a so i was talking to all these elderly people and they were telling me like one of them was a holocaust survivor and i was like just learning so much but like you learn Mm -hmm. a couple of things from their own life to how many hard candies they'll offer you in a matter of five minutes because it's a lot (laughs) it's 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 more than you would think um (laughs) but it's so interesting because i feel like the hardest thing for a lot of people or the thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to is probably the heritage and the stories of the past and you can get that from like your grandparents for instance and it's like you want to know where that comes from i mean i just had this happen i was at a crematorium and we were trying to make a death certificate for my grandma and they're like what's what's her dad what's and they were going through all this and we spent we're on google for like 
an hour and a half just looking because she was so private. Nobody ever like I tried my best to pry information out of her, but like just that whole like you don't you want to know where you come from. Ancestry.com mm -hmm. is bullshit, but you want to know yeah. where you come from. You want to know what's like where what's our family about? What's the crest? What's all these things? Because it's history. And I think history is important, much as modern day history is important. I think events that are happening now are crazy and amazing. Like I love the future, but I also love the past a lot too, because I feel like the past is, is a good predictor of the future. Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely is. I mean, um, well, like what you said, um, when you, like, if you go to an old folks home or if you speak to elderly people, you always learn so much from them. I feel like, cause they always describe a different way of life almost like, cause I mean, even my parents, when they talk about the way that they grew up, um, like my dad, for example, um, he uh, lived in a poor area and he was poverty ridden. And um, he was always talking about how him his, and his brothers and his sisters would always like fight over my grand's jacket to keep them warm and stuff like at night because they didn't have a duvet cover or anything. So um, it's good when like you hear stories like that, you're just like, oh, wow, I never knew that. And then like, you always think, well, we do take a lot for granted in some ways in that sense, you know? Because um, we're too comfortable if, as if, people. We're way too comfortable. Yeah. The fact that, like, what you just said about all these kids fighting over a jacket just to try and stay warm. Like, you know, the weirdest thing is, like, we've shifted. We've gone from trying to eliminate struggle to creating struggle. And what I mean by that is, like, people literally fast on purpose. They starve themselves as a diet trend when back in the day they were killing each other for, like, a smallest little piece of a crumb. And I'm like, what is happening in the world today? Like, that just shows that we're too, we're too comfortable. I feel like as much as, like, life is really kind of easy in the grand scheme of things, it also has created a whole other immense of problems. Um, like, I always say, like, with technology, for instance, as much as it's eliminated a lot of issues, it's created issues. And then people go, well, the, well, then this happened, and it fixed that. I'm like, yeah, but technology created that in the first place. It's like you created something, and it has its side effects, and now you're just learning how to deal with the side effects. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to like make my students sound bad or anything, but um, it's like technology has taken over so much now that like people have become so much more lazier and they don't really want to like try and do things themselves. And what I mean by that is, um, so I'll take my students, for example, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. So um, like, I'm teaching them history in English, but they're all Chinese. So they're Chi Chinese is their native language. And then rather than trying to like ask me how to do something in English, they'll just translate it. Like they'll just use a translator. And I'm like, but you're not learning English and your parents are paying this tuition for you to learn English as well as history. And uh, I'm glad you feel really that way. Because that's <laughs> yeah. why I hate the neural link, because it's going to make it so easy to understand languages with having a translator in your head. And I'm like, you know, the people that have spent like there's a dude that's like 70 out there. He spent like years and years and years learning multiple different languages and stuff, spending all that hard work and all those countless hours. And then there's a neural link. He's like, oh, well, I learned it in five minutes. And he's like, but I spent 35 years learning all these languages. And it's like, oh, sorry, uh, that technology is finally caught up to where I don't have to spend all those countless hours reading books and trying to figure out languages and going out and talking to people and learning it yourself and that's what i like about language in general 
I like understanding words. Like I like trying to find the correlation of, first of all, like bigger words that people don't really use anymore. I know there's a whole censorship thing that goes behind it and all that. And I get it, but I like knowing why you shouldn't be saying those. I think you should teach the right and the wrongs, but understanding speech. And it's so interesting, depending on wherever you learn your language or wherever you learn English, for instance, if you're not from this country, you develop that accent wherever you learned it from. Like I've heard people that are speaking English for the first time. I used to work with a bunch of Romanian Bulgarians. They would, most of the people at my work were from New York. So that eventually these kids developed uh, like a New York accent when they talked. And I'm like, what are you like? I, I even, I didn't even know I had an accent until someone pointed out to me, like, what's that accent that you have? I'm like, what? And it's just certain key words I say are Baltimore words you know like uh, if you're yeah. from baltimore there's this like we say tuesday and we say monday and i thought that was just common expression but like there's a lot of stuff mm. people are pointing out to me i'm like you start to realize like everybody's got their own interpretation of a language and depending on where it's from you can tell like an accent like different places in scotland or ireland there's different categories and sections where it's like oh you're from that area oh you're from this area i'm like <laughs> yeah. this is fascinating how like there's these invisible lines that develop us in from different states, but just because they're invisible, there's a whole other world in that uh, other state. There's a whole other, it's, it's like we're all in domes. We're all in these little separate communities and organizations. And if you go outside your thing, if I talk to someone from New Jersey, they're right beside me, but I can't yeah. understand a damn word they say sometimes where it's like, <laughs> I had a, I had a, a woman at a gas station go, excuse me, can you help me over here? I'm like, what's what's the issue? Like pumping gas. And she's like, I I'm from Jersey. We don't know how to pump our own gas. And I'm like, what? What the? What do you mean you don't know how to pump your own gas? You're you're like in your 40s. And what does being from Jersey have to do with you not knowing how to pump gas? And she goes, yeah. Oh, in Jersey, it's illegal to pump your own gas. And I'm like, really? What? And then like, there's two states in the all 50 states of the US where you can't pump your own gas. And that's Oregon and New Jersey. And I don't know the whole reason why. I guess it's because they still have attendance, but it's like a whole money thing. But it's just so fascinating to me how like, that's right beside me. But it's a whole different world. I felt like I was stepping back into like the 1900s. I was like, hang on a second. You don't know how to pump your own gas? Like, do you know how to shop on Amazon? Oh yeah, shop on Amazon <laughs> all the time. You know, but I don't know how to yeah. pump my own gas. I'm like, that's a necessity. Yeah, that's strange. Is it a safety thing? Like, I would need to look into that. That's weird. <laughs> I, I, that, but there's two states that do that out of the 50, and it just makes me look at like history, mm. for instance, like. If you really want to go somewhere, maybe back in time, like I'm a big fascination of like going back through time a little bit. I would love to live in like the 50s or something, not deal with all like the mm. low lack of medicine, I would say, but like being able to get a milkshake at a diner is kind of my dream thing. Mm, but yeah, if you go to some states, man, they are living in the past. Like I love the Amish community because they don't, they refuse the technology. <laughs> they refuse it all. They just want to churn <laughs> butter all day. I'm like, I got good on you guys. Good on you guys. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But what's good about that is like people learn different skills that way, you know, like people actually learn, I suppose it would be like different, almost survival skills or like they have use cars, but if they did, but like they would be able to pump their own gas in the car. <laughs> so it wouldn't be like you have somebody do it for you. Um, it's quite strange though, because in China, they do the same, like nobody, so like, if you go to what we call it petrol, so if you go to a petrol station, 
um, they like you don't put the petrol in your car. Somebody does it for you. But the reason behind that difference is just like so the Chinese government can say they've got full employment. That's what that's for. So like everyone's got a job in something. Is it difficult being over there compared to like I don't know how long you've been over there compared to how long maybe you were in like back over here or something like that. Maybe not the states, but you know wherever. Um, mm. Is it different like with like the whole censorship down there? I, my biggest issue I look at is like the overpopulation problem. Like people like some I read a book by some guy who wrote that uh, overpopulation is a myth. He said that America could hold way more than it holds now. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Just, I mean, I get the idea that you want to let anybody that can possibly come over here, come into the country, but like, man, people like it, it's hard to live in, with your family for more than a week. Like when people are on lockdown, the domestic violence went up, everything went up. And I was like, yeah, cause there's a reason why you get those breaks from people. You have your me time, you have your personal space, but if you're on top of each other, like I couldn't, I don't get claustrophobic, but bro when i was watching wandavision and that guy was going under the tunnels underground or whatever i was like bruh that sewage little thing where you can't your shoulder to shoulder with the walls i was like i can't do that man i would freak out i would just panic attack yeah well to be fair when because like when i came to beijing i was expecting it to be a whole lot worse than what it actually was um What's uh, what surprised me was the fact that, like the actual size of the city. So like it's spread out quite well. So even though it's got a population of like 25 million in it, like, but it doesn't feel that way when you're walking on the streets because you've you've actually got a bit of space. It's um I think the footage that you normally see would be like in Hong Kong or something, because that's that is overpopulated. That's just it's crazy. Like if you look at it, it's just yeah, I couldn't live in Hong Kong. But I mean like Beijing's it's not that bad in that sense. Like, there's only been a few times where I've had to, like, basically kick my way onto a subway to get on it. <laughs> but um, generally speaking, there's a fair bit of space. It just, I don't, I guess it's a claustrophobic mm. thing for me, but being around mm. so many people, it's just like, even when walking through New York, I feel like I want to start tossing out elbows, you know, like just start clocking yeah. people. Cause, like, because it's, it's so weird to have that many people shoved into one spot. Like, I, I guess I'm more of yeah. a rural type of person where I want to be out, like, in the farm kind of like country, at least in the open. So I don't have anybody around me. But I think it's like you also, you learn a whole different experience when you're from somewhere with a heavy population or something like that. Like you learn more of a, not sometimes a community aspect of things, but it depends on how populated it is. Sometimes there's way too many people where it's like my theory of like talking to one new person a day. You don't want to, because there's way too many people out there. Like there's just 50,000 people in front of you. Like, um, it's just, it gets difficult, man. Cause I feel like I don't, it's only getting a little bit worse i would say it's like the overpopulation and the population is only increasing at faster rate than that's declining so i'm like man back in the day like a lot of the issues there weren't a whole lot of super big issues to worry about when it came with people it was more about worrying just trying to survive and you know get warmth mm. or something like that but nowadays it's like oh what did this person tweet about me i'm like if we're gonna monitor tweets if we're gonna monitor comments on social media you're gonna spend all your whole fucking life doing that because there's a like nine billion people that are on twitter when a baby comes out of the womb he's got a legit cell phone in his hand tweeting like that is that's i i don't yeah. see that out of the realm of possibility yeah like there's no way that you can censor it um i mean in china like 
they do, I suppose you could say they censor it a little bit, but um, I mean, every single school that I've worked in, they usually, they either have a VPN built into their Wi-Fi, which the government knows about, or they just tell you how to get a VPN. So like the VPN is what bypasses the, like the, the block, so to speak. Yeah. But I mean, I think the difference is like, so in the urban centers, like in Shanghai and Beijing and stuff, there's more foreign communities there. So they have to adapt to foreigners coming in and working and like, you know, participating in society. But um, I think it's more aimed at like the rural areas because like the root, like people, if you live in the village, like the likelihood of you leaving isn't that high. Um, the only person that would like maybe leave is like someone who wants to get a job in the city. But um, yeah, generally speaking, I think that's where it's aimed at because then like the majority of the population can still be almost like rural. So um, they don't know anything that goes on outside and they don't feel like they need to. That's the thing. They really don't. There isn't like this need to know outside information here. It's weird. Like, so some people like they say, oh, I don't have a VPN and they're fine with it. They don't really care about what's going on outside. It's kind of like sometimes in the States, like uh, at least for me, I don't really care what goes on outside of my like town. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm. I, I think it's, yeah. cause I look at it from a draining aspect. Like you're literally getting so infatuated with other people's news or other people's States information. That's nothing like, I don't even, what was it like a week or two ago that Texas was like March 15th or whatever. We're going to have no masks. So many people I knew were like, oh my God, it's insane. I'm like, why the f- you don't even live there? We're not even close to Texas. Why do you give a shit? And it's like this yeah. whole aspect of everybody's got their nose, even in the next state over to them or the next state over this, or California's doing this. And I'm like, California's all the way across the country. Like, why do you, you can't even pay your fucking rent. And you're worried about some dude not wearing a mask in Texas. Is the, the, It mind boggles me. Because I'm like, focus yeah. on... You, when you spend so much time and this is a problem with uh kind of the technology in general too is um when you spend so much time understanding or getting information about another per uh, issue a place's issues you stop yeah i guess you lose track of your own life you lose track of what's going on in your community things that you control and it obviously just causes stress it's future worrying you're trying to stop issues or you're harboring all this uh, anger or all these thoughts about issues that you have no control in. And I'm like, you need to work. That's why they say community work in your community, because if you act locally, it goes globally because you're working yeah. in things that you can fix. That's why I would love to be like in a small population town. I would love to be like in maybe a town of a thousand, but then I wouldn't mind building up the town and making it something like if it was starting from scratch, but then eventually people would be like, are you coming to the town meeting? You're leading it. Cause you helped us build everything. I'm like, I don't want to be around any of you fucking people like no offense but like <laughs> i'm happy to get you on your feet but i don't want to have like the cup of tea or any of that type of stuff i like to be left alone i like to you know because after a while man i mean especially nowadays it just becomes a little bit more stressful which is why i think people don't talk to each other anymore it's like how many times do you get into yeah. an actual conversation like me and you are having right now Without any, like an argument or somebody going into a debate or somebody talking about something that has to be better than you. And I'm like, ah, man, like, or talking about politics, for instance, fuck, like that always is like, the, the, the that's <laughs> always the base level where people just throw out like, oh, how's the weather, Jim? And it's like, oh, it's good. It's sunny out. I mean, it's 
it's a nice day. What do you think about Joe Biden? And it's like, what the fuck was that? You just jumped from <laughs> weather to Biden. And it's like, well, I don't yeah. know how else to talk to people anymore. So I just bring up politics to see if you get pissed off if you're on my side or not. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm, mm. I, I, you know, they just uh, raised the price of cornflakes. Anybody want to talk about that shit? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it happens all the time now where, um, like even when I speak to my friends back home, that that's like the first thing that comes up of like they're talking about politics. So in Scotland right now, there's a big thing about Scottish independence away from the United Kingdom and stuff. And it gets brought up like every single time. Oh no, this is like, so you have the Brexit thing as well. But um, before that, Scotland had a referendum to leave the UK. This is why I'm glad I only focus on shit that's happening in my town because I would go yeah. <laughs> mind-boggling nuts. Like if you just – imagine if you set a person down in front of a TV and you show them the world news and you make them watch that every day for a year. You know how like messed up they would be as a person just like, oh my oh, god. Yeah. Like while you're sitting there pouring a bowl of cereal, there's probably a bomb going off and killing a bunch of kids in a house. And I'm like – Jesus, man, I'm looking for the toy at the end of the box, not your internal damnation, you sick son of a bitch. Like, it's like, it, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's mm. this thing where I'm like, you can, I like learning about history because I feel like a lot of what's happening today, especially with my passion, which I'm going to ask yours too as well. Um, ancient Greece history, Greek mythology, all this, that's my go-to. That's my love for everything because a lot of the stuff that we pull mm. from, you know, Greeks and Romans and all this stuff we're using kind of today, but it's weird to see the shift because back in the day, at least in the ancient Greece times, there were philosophers. There were people that were on the cusp of intelligence or cusp of innovations that were going to change how mm. people would act in society or act in their community. Now, every person on fucking Twitter or Instagram is a philosopher, but yeah, they're yeah. not really a philosopher. It's just common yeah. sense. Like I say a bunch of stuff that's just people are like, that's that's amazing. That's motivational. I'm like, it's common fucking sense. That's all it is. It's just yeah. thinking critically about a situation and trying to find an answer to it. It's not being a philosopher. I'm not mm -hmm. writing down poetry like Socrates and posting it on churches or some shit. No, I'm just mm – -hmm. I'm speaking. And people now go by pseudonyms and go by all these things. Well, back in the day, like now they're thinking Plato was a pseudonym. So I'm like it makes sense yeah. because we have this passion. Some people want to say things but want to have no reparations on themselves, and I'm like – that's my issue is like, first of all, you're not going to get the credit if it does succeed. And then second of mm -hmm. all, it gives you no liability for your actions. If you feel so strongly about something that you're going to say something, you should make sure that your name is attached to it. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the problem with social media as well now, though, like especially like on Twitter and stuff, because um, I mean, I suppose I use my like, I suppose like, um, podcast names so like the chronicler for example but i mean um like people could use any sounds like a psycho like killer Twitter or something. <laughs> so anybody could use any kind of like name and then just like say whatever they want and then there's no accountability for what they've said and then like they could do a lot of damage down the line to someone you know because yeah. somebody could take that really personally what's happened like what this person's saying online and then before you know it um Worst things could happen. Why the chronicler? Well, 
this like so the whole podcast thing started off um actually as a way to kind of build up a bit of an audience build a bit of a community and then launch onto a youtube channel like that was the idea um so me and a friend of mine who does graphic design he came up with the name the chronicler and he's the one who's like he's done like a couple of videos so far which are like animated um but um, he's still at university so like because he's back at university he's not had time to do any more just now um so we're still like kind of plodding along working on it so i thought well rather than doing nothing i'll start podcasting in the meantime because like whenever i talk about especially like chinese history to my parents or even to my wife who's chinese she like they're just like oh i don't care now <laughs> like they're, they're, they're getting bored of me saying it so i thought well i might as well put a mic down and come up with it but i mean the chronicler i suppose the reason why was because i like I was going to do all the events in chronological history. So it'd be like the start of Chinese society all the way through, probably till the end of the imperial period, because I don't want to get mixed up in like current affairs in China. Like I just want to avoid that, like the, like the rise of Mao. Hey, I just don't, don't want to get, get into that. shot or anything like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I just thought I'll put it up to the end of the imperial period and then I'll leave it there. And then once I've done that, I'll maybe move on to Scottish history or something because that's close to home. <laughs> like I get scared talking about some things in America that's going on today. Like if I feel like I'm on the cusp mm. of something, like a conspiracy theory or something that might be true, like some MK Ultra shit. Uh, I feel like somebody's gonna come <laughs> to my house and be like, uh, "Did you search this on Google?" I'm like, "Yes, I did," and then they just throw me in a freaking van <laughs> and drive off. And I'm like, "That's like, because <laughs> I think it's important." Like. It's really hard because with the amount of information we do have out there, there's also a large amount of information that is misinformation. So like a lot of people aren't truly understanding yeah. or now people are getting all up in a tizzy, I would say, about um, Google, for instance. People are trying to ban that because it's not it's it's blending certain results. They're not showing you all the results for things that you're looking up, which creates you know gatekeeping of information and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, we're all really just trying to figure it out, like everything. And I'm like, to say that this is not true or this is true is wrong to me. I'm like, there's so much throughout history you could look at with today's times where it's like, you got to make sure you're open, you're open-minded about everything like that. Yeah. If, it, if it looks like a duck, I bet you it's probably using a cloaking device and it's not a duck. Like that's the, that's, that's <laughs> the motto now. Like, it's just like this whole yeah. concept of like, what's true, what's fake, what do I believe in? And people are trying to find something to believe in. And I'm like, what well, we should look at are events that have actually happened in the past, but that's even okay. gets hard because looking at information from that, for instance, it's wherever you're reading it, whatever source it's coming from, it's probably going to be a little bit biased onto some points. Like yeah. I, I talk about like, there was probably in the age of scholars when they were writing shit down on textbooks and pen and papyrus, let's use papyrus. That's a good word. Um, word okay. of the day, papyrus. Uh, okay <laughs> they're writing down all this information about certain events i bet you there was that one percent of the people writing it down that was an asshole and he was like man mm. i don't like how this story goes so i'm just gonna do this and he cuts out part of the story that one yeah. percent has now turned into like 90 percent of the population today like it's mm -hmm. a bunch of people trying to fix it so the way they want it to be told rather than telling the truth of it and i'm like look if you don't like how the story is, that's a good thing then. 
you're you should yeah. you should teach why you feel that way instead of trying to hide it and make people find it out later like everybody started freaking out when they were tearing down statues because they found out George Washington's sleeth our teeth weren't made of cherry wood they were made of human slave teeth and everyone's like oh my oh. god we've been worshiping criminals i'm like yeah i'm like maybe they shouldn't have said it was made of cherry wood maybe it should have just been honest but like well that wouldn't look good on our founding fathers i'm like i don't give a fuck i want to know the truth i don't i don't don't tell me yeah. cherry wood i'm a little kid thinking oh it's cherry wood then i get in a freaking conversation with an anthropologist and she's like oh no it wasn't cherry wood it was slave teeth i'm like what like that's a that's telling a kid Santa Claus isn't real. Like that's a shattering dream scenario. Yeah. Well, I never knew that either. That's crazy. But I mean, um, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop that bombshell on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, I never knew that. But I mean, like, this is the thing with like the slavery stuff and that. Like, people need to learn. It happened. It has happened. And the thing is, to a certain extent. It still happens now. But I mean, we should learn from it and try and make it better. Like, tearing down statues isn't going to do anything. Like, that's the way I see it. Because it's happening in the UK as well. Um, so, for example, there's lots of streets in the city of Glasgow that are named after slave owners. But the thing is, built on that slavery, they brought a lot of stuff into Glasgow. They brought a lot of wealth into it. Like, this is this is the sad truth. Um, so, like, people should... Because like, like they want to change the street names and stuff. Like I, I would say, don't change the street name. It's been that way for ages. But leave a note to say, yeah, this is what this guy did. Because like nobody, like I think this is what's happened. Like it's all kind of been like shrouded over, and nobody knows like the full truth about it anymore. But like if you like give people the right information, and like they, then they can make the judgment themselves. Yeah. It's kind of like um, instead of trying to tear down the statues, maybe put them in a museum and teach why we don't have these up anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's still a part of yeah. history and you're not mm. it, it, getting rid of the issue. You need to explain why it's bad. Like, I feel like it's a great educational tool to use rather than trying yeah. to just get rid of it and act like it never happened. It's like, no, we should teach why that was a thing. You know, we should teach why that, why we don't think that way anymore. It's all about the evolution of man. Right. But it seems like we're shooting ourselves yeah. in the foot half the time where, I mean, I think it might be, people might have different views on this, but I feel like it was way easier back in the day because we were, we were fighting something. We were always at war. So like now this is like the one time we really haven't been in a war scenario. Like we're doing maybe stuff on the sidelines that doesn't get talked about, but not like any like well, Afghanistan, Iraq. Those were wars. Those yeah. were things. World yeah. War One, World War Two. They were where people you were, were uniting to come against the enemy. So we don't really have that now. So now we're looking for something. And I feel like you just look for anybody that doesn't agree with you or anything that you can tear down that you don't agree with. And I'm like. How about instead of tearing down a statue, you build up statues around it? Like if you have George Washington statue, then put all this, put some slave statues up around him to show how a different side of him, the one, the true side of him, the things that he did, you know, like yeah. let, let people know this is horrible. This is the real thing. You're looking at this guy who's, you know, chest up and looking up at the sky like he's mm -hmm. looking for the next great island or something like that. And it's like, well, put up the statues of all the people that helped him get there, you know? It, yeah. It goes into this whole line of cancel culture. I don't really want to dive down, but man, it's just, it's crazy. Cause like this isn't, if history was more honest, I feel like if it told you the truth rather than trying, cause I think people look at the textbooks and they go, 
oh my God, we were horrible. Look what we did to all these people. I'm like, you got to understand when they were writing this textbook and they were recording this history at the time, they were doing this to show you that they're a force not to be fucked with. That was the whole yeah. point of like our government. It was this idea like we had a project, A119, which was supposed to launch nuclear missiles at the moon before we even landed on it, before any of that stuff during the Cold War. And it was an idea to show our enemies that we had nuclear weapons and were not to be fucked with. That's the same thing mm -hmm. with the textbook when you're reading it. It's like, oh, my God, this dude, they just killed this whole – they just annihilated this whole entire tribe. And it's like that was their thinking was that they were trying to show you that they're this powerful force. Look how strong we are. But now we're in this sense of caring and compassion. We've changed. So not saying maybe the yeah. history books need to evolve with us, but you should understand that's a good reason why you feel the way you do about this history, why you feel so strong against it, because you've evolved. We've become more compassionate as people. And in the same way, we became more isolated. Yeah, I would say so. Because I mean, like, if you look at European history as well, the Europeans, like, basically all the way up until World War II, they were fighting in some war. Like, if it wasn't the British and the French, it was the Prussians and the French, and it was just, it was always, like, this continuous form of warfare. And then after World War II, like, the European countries got together, and then, like, you had the steel and the coal sharing, which has then evolved into the EU. And it's almost like... Like, because like what you said, there hasn't been this big war in years, and it's almost like people are struggling to deal with peace. That's what that's what it feels like. So, like, because normally people get like the population gets steered in a certain direction, but like to you know fight this enemy. But right now there isn't really this big enemy to fight, so nobody really knows what to do anymore. That's that's the kind of feeling that I'm getting from it. It's yeah, it's a strange time to be alive for <laughs> that sense anyway. I think like the idea of world peace was something that we always want, but I feel like you only feel that way when you're at war, but then when you're, you actually have a sense of peace or you have a sense of like, there's no giant conflict going on. You just spark up mm. that conflict wherever you possibly can with the people that are around you. Like eventually after mm. a while, there became a fight between non-maskers and maskers. And I'm like, Man, this is just people trying to find a way to because it's I think it's a natural thing in all of us to want to debate and to want to have like our own strong opinions and fight for what we believe in. But a lot yeah. of that gets skewed, like I said, with misinformation and stuff like that, where it gets turned into more of a warfare. So, like, I don't ever think there's going to be world peace and I don't know if we would be able to handle it. I feel like the best we can do is try and be at least if not compassionate towards each other is to be maybe a little bit more of like, just like passive with each other. You know, we don't need yeah. to have this sense of kumbaya all sitting in a circle, but at the same time, we should learn that, you know, everything nowadays turns into, if I'm going to help this person, I got to make sure I get something out of it. Like, it's gotta be like, well, how is this yeah. going to help me? And I'm like, well, you're thinking wrong. You know what I mean? You're, you're already mm. trying to get something out of something you shouldn't be getting something out of, but that's just how we cope with an idea of helping somebody is like, oh, I got to make sure it's, it's in my cards or it's taking off something on my checklist. And I'm like, man, if you help somebody with something, usually that karmic favor kind of returns back to you in some way, they might help you out later down the road when you need mm. it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, especially like, cause like, I've seen that a lot recently. So it's like, what can I get from this? It's always like, 
with like society has turned into that kind of like selfish way um and it's like what you were talking about earlier like just working in the community a lot of people don't want to do that anymore like that that's it's just um it's quite sad sometimes when you see it because nobody wants to really help each other out they just want to um basically try and get as much as they can from any situation just to benefit them the most um so yeah it's quite sad that way it's it's hard though because like even when you're trying to help out in a community for instance it just gets very very difficult because the aspect of like you want to get something for yourself you want to do this but sometimes some people can't just deal with themselves you know like it's the same reason like i don't have a dog for a simple for a simple reason and this is going to be a really dumb example but i don't have a dog for one simple reason is because i do so much time doing podcasting and stuff of that sort that it would be unfair to the dog if I was in a podcast recording for, let's say, eight hours a day, I'm doing a recording and this dog's just sitting outside the door crying and screaming. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be fair to him. Yeah. I, oh, sorry, by the way. Um, my, my, computer my computer was dying, was wasn't dying. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really dying. Yeah. So I, I'm saying, I, saw, uh, I saw you pulling out the charger. I was like, oh, this means it's a good conversation <laughs> if he's willing to charge his computer to keep it going. I just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> and there we go. I've saved it because, like, I, I was I was like halfway there, and I was thinking, well, halfway that should be long enough. And then, the like, I think it must be like using the mic and the video at the same time. It's just like depleting rapidly. <laughs> I was like, draining. Okay, I better sort that out now. <laughs> but yeah, just draining that battery. <laughs> there is an importance, I think, in an aspect of I think you still need to have that chance of survival. You still need to have that. I think struggle is important because I think struggle creates uh, a benefit effect when it comes to if you can use it in the right way. If you sit there feeling miserable for yourself, you're not going to really go anywhere. But if you can use that struggle, you can kind of rise above it and become better than who you were before. You know what I mean? Like even when it comes to like maybe a death in the family or if it comes to hardships or bills or anything of that sort, you really got to kind of figure out what's your limit and how can you get past it? Because I think obviously this, they say the sky's the limit, but at the same time, like you need a little bit of struggle because when you don't have that struggle, you try and find it somewhere and something you shouldn't be arguing with. Like people shouldn't be fighting over Twitter stuff. People shouldn't be fighting over simple things of that sort, but it's all an era of misinformation and miscommunication. And I'm like, it's just, there's bigger things that we should be focusing on. Like I always talk about PETA, for instance, their main thing is like, they want to ban animal slurs. So you can't say beat a dead horse. You can't say that. You have to say feed a fed horse. And they they listed these guidelines of words that they're banning and words they want you to say so that you're not offending animals. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, you're, you're a per animal protection agency, basically. Why don't you work on stopping all the industrial farming and working all these terrible places like slaughterhouses that are doing incon or un ethical ways of slaughtering animals instead of doing it the humane yeah. way in the most peaceful way as possible or all these force feeding animals to make them bigger and fatter and then killing them for food it's like you could fix all these issues but you just want to work on instead of saying two birds with one stone it's fed two birds with a scone it's like are you fucking kidding me man like i just yeah like an offended animals like the animals can't communicate with us anyway so that doesn't make a difference and it's like what you said like they should 
what they should be doing is focusing on the industrial farm and all these things. Because I mean, what goes on, like every time I see a video like on my Facebook or something, it's horrible. It, it is horrible what you see. And uh, you know, the only way that you could really get around it, I guess, is like you either become vegetarian or vegan, or you try and buy like local like chicken or whatever. So then that way it's not the industrial farms and you're not like letting them profit from it's basically animal cruelty, is it? And like yeah, I, I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it all the time. But I mean, um, I suppose that's the only way that you could really get around it. Because I mean, like, you can't expect people to stop eating meat. That's just never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so the only thing that you could do is like make sure that the animal has, you know, like a bit more of a fulfilling life rather than being crammed in a cage and just like force fed or like given loads of hormones and stuff so it grows bigger and then slaughtering it. Like that's just it's just not a humane way of doing it at all. And, you know, well, people should try and do things differently in that sense. Look at uh, the trials for Hercules when he had to jump through all those rings to be able to get what he needed to get, you know, like to, you know, once he finally mm -hmm. completed all his trials, there was this sense of like, okay, well, you've got everything you wanted to be now, but now what's the next step? And it's, it made him depressed. It made him sad. He didn't have a goal that was worth mm -hmm. fighting for. And I'm like, that's kind of with everybody right now is we're searching something to fight for. So whenever something comes across your way, you go 100% full into it. Not saying they're wrong, just saying like there's other things that are way more important we should be taking down. I think during the pandemic, everyone realized that the government had more power than we thought they did in our own lives. And I'm like, that's an issue. Yeah. You want to make sure you're free, but I feel like right now, at least for me, I don't feel as free as I did before the pandemic. I look at it like, wow, like everything shut down. Like they controlled my life and I thought I controlled my life. It's like, there you go. That's an issue that needs to be fixed. We have major issues that are going on in our own country that the whole damn world feels like they need to see. But every country has their issues. I've talked to people who are heavily invested in Canada politics, people that are invested in UK politics. Everyone's got issues going on. And I think it's now starting to bubble up to the surface because of the information that's getting out there. I'm like, yeah, use Twitter in a good way. Look at all the stuff that's trending. Don't care too much about the Dr. Seuss shit, but look at the stuff like, oh, okay, this is going on. This is with Brexit. This is with that. This is with this. I'm like, yes, understand what's going on in your community, where you're from, instead of worrying about what's happening four states or four countries away. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. And and I, I would like to get back to what you said earlier about like struggle and stuff, because I mean, it is a big deal. I think what's happening now is like people, they don't struggle anymore or they tend like they don't struggle like people used to anymore if you go back in history where you know like you were one like drought season away from starving to death or something you know like we don't have that problem anymore and um i think like the main thing with struggle is is like what you said um what the lessons that people learn from it and stuff and as well as that like it builds character um it's a huge character builder to struggle right because i mean like um <laughs> you just gave me the best <laughs> example so back in the day, they used to pray and they used to pray, pray, pray for a rain, for something to end this horrible drought, for just so their crops can grow, so they can feed their families, so they don't starve to death. And now we pray, pray, pray for our fucking Wi-Fi to work just to be able to do a fucking <laughs> podcast. Like, it's yeah. so different. And it's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> 
I know, I know. In fact, there is a story that I learned about whilst I was doing my podcast. Um, so it was the first, it was the founder of China's second dynasty, the Shang dynasty. And um, they were going through a drought at the time. And then what happened was um, the leader, he was supposed to be this like very um, benevolent leader. So he said, right, okay, uh, what should we do to this like high priest? And then the high priest said, we need a human sacrifice. Like, getting that desperate. So they said, we need a human sacrifice. And then he said, I'll go and get a slave. To which the emperor said, no, I'm going to do it. So then he got dressed up in all the sacrificial stuff and everything. And then he went up to the altar to get sacrificed in front of everyone, made this big speech about how, you know, he's doing this for all of his people. He's hoping that his death will bring rain. And just before he killed himself, it started to rain. So then everyone thought that he had like divine right and stuff like that. So everyone loved this guy. <laughs> so it's just like, it goes to show, right? It's crazy, isn't it? I wonder how long it's going to take before people try to sacrifice somebody to get their Wi-Fi back on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like I'm trying to watch the next episode of WandaVision and my connection keeps cutting out. All right, we got to make a sacrifice. You just go to your neighbor's house like, hey, real quick, I need to <laughs> sacrifice you in front of my modem to make sure I can get that good connection. Yeah, <laughs> stop the buffering wheel going down, right? <laughs> so what's the topic I would say that you find the most interesting through history? Um, The most interesting probably like i mean i like chinese history I, this was something that i kind of found out when i moved to china it was like chinese history was it was fascinating and what's fascinating about it is the fact that it just repeats itself a lot so like you've got one dynasty it gets corrupted and then it gets overthrown and it just happens throughout the centuries um so suppose like chinese history definitely and when I was at school, I really got into like the two little wars and stuff. To be fair, I like most areas of history. There's not going to be an area of history that I don't like because I like the Greeks and I like the Romans and stuff. Um, yeah, the most, for now, I'm going to say Chinese history, like, because that's what I'm reading into a lot more of just now. Why specifically Chinese history or that you're leaning more towards? Do you like the, the, I guess the honorable stuff side of it, like the more of like, cause I, cause I talked to um someone who studied Japanese heritage and culture when it happens to do with samurai swords. Uh, she runs a podcast called stories of San Sanawea, Sanawa. Um, but okay. she, she was telling me like, she's just fascinated with the culture behind it because yeah, it makes sense. Like people, they look at their Chinese or samurai swords. They look at them as like, that's their grandparents, you know, that's their soul inside of the sword that they carry on. It's like a piece of heritage, much like we might carry an urn or carry something from a loved one that has passed or something. Um, but it's crazy because you get to see a lot of people in America that really don't care about where they come from. And to me, that's just mind boggling because I'm like, why wouldn't you want to know your roots? Why wouldn't you want to know like if this, if I was related to fucking, the guy who invented peanut butter. Like I'd be a hundred percent happy with that. I would love to know that I had a, a stock in GIF or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why Chinese history? I guess. So the first time I actually got into Chinese history, it's going to sound really dumb, but like I was eight years old and there was a game. It was called Dynasty Warriors. I don't know if you ever played it. No. Oh, well, so anyway, the game the game isn't even that good, but I got really into it because 
it told the stories behind the battles. So basically what you do is you're this warrior and you're basically a one-man army. Like you've got your army around you, but they're they're useless. So you've got to like cut down every enemy soldier that you find and all that stuff. And um, the thing with it was that it had all these stories behind the battles that you were fighting. So I was like, and then the thing is like, I was just like, oh, it's a computer game. It's not real. And then there was one time I just got curious one day and I looked it up and it turned out it was real. So it was like all to do with like the three kingdoms period in China. And I was like, oh, that guy was actually real. So then like I started to look into it even more. And then before I knew it, I was like over in China. And then the weird thing is like the Chinese people, they all know their history. Like a lot of people, like if you say something about Chinese history, they're more than likely going to know about it because that is, is kind of like their heritage. So um, that part of it kind of fascinated me. And um, I suppose when I started to read about it and stuff, it was more like um, you were just reading. And it was it's almost like a different way of thinking from the way that we did. So like there would be a battle and um, somebody would come up with this brilliant strategy. And I was just thinking, I never, I would never have thought of that. And like, even like and you're trying to compare it to the West in some way. And like, I couldn't find any references. So I was just like, oh, okay, so that's something unique. <laughs> so I suppose there's that. There's a lot of uniqueness to it as well, I guess. As much as we look at them in the past as being like, oh, they're not as intelligent as we are today. I'm like, actually, we're thinking on the same lines that they were thinking. Like, I'm pretty sure during yeah. the pandemic, everybody had an idea of like, hey, maybe we should burn the dead bodies so it doesn't you know, spread the infection. I'm like, you know, they did that in the Black Plague, right? Like, they all were burning the bodies. They just didn't know that, like, hey, you can't stand near it or you're going to get the infection through the smoke or something like that. Like, nobody understood germ theory, but it's, like, crazy to see how much, like, there has been a dramatic – like, I mean, even talking 20 years ago, 30 years ago – that's completely different. That's a that's a that's a lifetime yeah. away. That's a lifetime ago. And people are like, well, it's not that long ago. I'm like, no, it, it relatively is compared to where we're at now compared to 30 years ago. It's completely changed. But man, yeah. 500 years ago, a thousand years ago. But we still think mm -hmm. like borderline the same thing about some stuff. Like, you know, when it comes to ideas of how to deal with situations, the first idea is like, oh, that's what they thought back then. And they ran with it. But then we find a better and effective way using technology to make it even better, I would say. Yeah, yeah, because like, that's, it's happened a lot, even, well, it's not even in China, but like all over the world. Um, so, for example, when a new metal was discovered or like a new way of smelting the metal, then it spreads all over the world pretty quickly. Well, like not the Americas, but um, like throughout Eurasia and stuff like before, like, so, for example, bronze. So bronze was uh, created in like the Middle East area, I believe, and then it spread everywhere. And then before you know it, the Greeks are using it. And so are the Chinese. And then next thing you know, iron comes along. And like what comes with that is almost like there's a, like a booming population and a, a booming way of different way of thinking and stuff. And uh, it's like it's like how humanity has progressed. Yeah, it's I mean, hmm. progress. I don't know. I feel like we should go back to the sword era. I like I mean, you're going to be less <laughs> apt, like with a gun, there's no connection to it. I'm like, if you're going to, yeah, some people, sure. you hear about all these shootings nowadays. I'm like, it would be so different if we just had swords. Cause like, imagine trying to like pull out a sword and then stab somebody. You have to literally hate that person so much to do that mm -hmm. because it's just a whole different act. Like shooting somebody, there's no connection behind it. I'm not saying go shoot anybody. I'm just saying 
with yeah, a yeah. sword for instance if we brought back like sword battles or sword duels like at this time you're going to fight this person in the square with a sword and then by the time you got up to it you're like i don't really know if i want to do this like i don't think i hate this person enough yeah. to stab them or do anything of that sort which makes it crazy because you look at the gladiators like trying to rip somebody's head off and shit it's like oh my god you're the only reason they were able to do that was because they were literally fighting and if they didn't fight they were going to die yeah <laughs> yeah that is pretty crazy but i mean there is that is it just because if you have to stab someone it's like a lot of you know you have to put a lot of strength into it because they're going to defend themselves as well because you're trying to stab them but i mean it's really up close and personal whereas with guns you you don't have that anymore so like you know it's just as easy as pulling a trigger and then before you know it you've ended somebody's life uh so yeah it's and that would be quite interesting if like you did bring that in so like right okay you've got a feud the two of you are going to fight with swords and let's just see who wins because like gonna, you would gonna, probably have to write that down and start a petition to get some people to sign bringing back the sword <laughs> stuff yeah just bring back sword jewels rather than gun ones yeah <laughs> and i mean with the gladiators and stuff could you imagine like if you were captured or something and then you got thrown into the gladiator pit like how terrifying must i'd be, that be dead first round i wouldn't yeah. make it past the oh, first yeah. round i just I, I i i could definitely fight someone and to death but i don't think i would be doing very well um i'm okay with defending myself but i just it's the whole like i know i would slip up or something would distract me like a bird would be flying out in the background or something like look at that fucking bird and get my head sliced off but um it was interesting to me because i was watching this movie called boss level and they were talking about like this the one of the assassins had a chinese sword and they were like why do you use a chinese sword why don't you just use a gun and he goes because it's not the sword stab that hurts you it's pulling it out that hurts the most and it was like, what? And it, that, that was the whole thing of it was pulling out a Chinese sword. It's a very effective tool. It's actually more effective than a katana, um, mostly because they're thicker. But it was like, imagine that, like having the, the insane skill with a sword and then stabbing somebody like it fucking boggles my mind how someone could go through with an act like that. Like I had a person uh, it was like two, three years ago, a guy got stabbed in my town 56 times. And oh. I was like, holy shit, how does someone hate somebody that much to stab them? And the cops were like, it was a gang thing. And I was like, how do you know it was a gang thing? And he goes, because you know how hard it, you know how much you have to hate somebody to stab them 56 times. And the only time someone yeah. is able to do something like that, at least as common as that was, was because you were fighting for something you didn't truly understand. Like people that fight, like this is the hill I'll die on. Same thing with gangs where they do gang shootings. They can kill a random innocent person to get initiated into a gang. It's a loyalty aspect of things. And that's how they chalked it up to a gang thing. I was like, that's fucking fascinating to me yeah and i mean it happened throughout history as well like you've always seen it if it's a war on ideology or religion or something it's always so much more violent than you know a war for a hill or something you always find that people are committing like such i would say inhumane acts but i mean you're fighting in a battle but i mean like it's like almost despicable some of the stuff that happened like for example if you want to go to the Crusades and when the Crusaders took Jerusalem, I mean, it was a complete bloodbath. And it wasn't even as if they were like, you know, killing the infidels or the Muslims or anything. They killed everyone. Yeah. So it didn't matter if you were Jewish, Christian, women, child, it didn't matter. They were pretty indiscriminate and just killed everyone. And even one of the Christian sources was saying 
like the men were knee deep in blood and still like hacking away at people and stuff. Like that's just insane. Like how like how could somebody do that? Like, and the thing is as well, like from what I read, the Crusaders were starving themselves. So I mean, like they must have had very little energy, but yet they felt this motivation to like try and kill people in such a way like that with just unrelenting force. But just it's crazy. Well, think about 200 or 300 years into the future where we look at them in the past and we go, oh, my God, those people are horrible. But then 300 years from the future, people are going to look back on us and be like, they were horrible. Instead of fighting sword battles and stabbing yeah. somebody, we're doing Twitter wars and we're having all these things over social media that causes depression and causes this psychological warfare where someone ends up hurting themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, it might be in a different form, but it's kind of the same act. You're still hurting someone if yeah. somebody takes their own life. Nobody knows the replications behind something they post on social media or something they say to someone on social media, not knowing what place they're in. You know, it's gonna, it's, yeah. it, it's, we're in strange times, man. I, I don't know how else to explain it besides that. I have hopes yeah. for the future, but I also have my doubtful side too. Yeah. I mean, it was quite interesting because I remember when I was at university and I was reading like, different uh, political theorists and stuff and Machiavelli came up and you're reading it and you're just like oh, humans are kind of like that <laughs> you're just so like when you're looking into the future you're just like oh I really like I don't know if it's going to be a bright future or it's just going to be doom and gloom and like when you mentioned the overpopulation thing like surely there's going to be a breaking point where there's too many people on the planet I mean there's already studies saying that uh, the earth's in a it's fifth mass extinction phase and it's because of human activity. So like, how far could it go? Like that's, that's, I suppose that's like the ultimate question, is it? Like how far could this actually go? Well, you know what? The future is still questionable. The future is still <laughs> undetermined, but you know what is determined is that people can find your podcast and they can listen to some history. They can look at stuff that's already happened and already been recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's probably why I like history. It's more like an escapism, is it? <laughs> so where can, uh, Dean, where can people find your podcast? Like what platforms is it on Twitter, social media? Yeah, so it's on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And it's on Buzzsprout as well. Like that's the host that I'm using. So you could find it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Well, I'll make sure I link it all in the description, man. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.